All right, it's Fan Mail Friday, and you asked, would the Angels be better off without Shohei Otani? What Mariners fan got into our comments? Let's talk about that. It's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. My name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Mike, it's one of our favorite days of the week. It's Fan Mail Friday, where we get to take questions from our Locked On Everydayers who are here with us every Monday through Friday talking Angels baseball. By the way, I know the season ends this weekend. Just so you know, we'll be doing five episodes a week through the holidays. So probably about mid to late December, we'll go down to three episodes, but we'll be here five days a week until then. So you can count on us to get into all the conversations you want to hear about your Los Angeles Angels or for some of you, Anaheim Angels. I get it. I get it. I want to be Anaheim. Angels. Yeah, California <laughs> Angels, right? right? Exactly. Or if you're old school, Los Angeles Angels. Back yes. in the 60s, baby. Way back. Mike, we've got some great questions lined up for Fan Mail Friday, so let's get into those questions right now. Why don't you start us out? All right. Hey, first, can I give a quick shout-out to Troy Sutton? He is a personal friend and uh, somebody I know in real life, and he is now a locked-on everydayer. Let's go. He, he helped answer one of the questions that we had a couple of days ago when we asked, like, how, how can a pitcher adjust? Troy was a catcher in high school and I think in college, and mm-hmm. so thank you for responding. There was another locked-on everydayer that responded, so Specs. thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much for your wisdom because us non-athletes need to know what it's like to actually be on the field. <laughs> All right. All right. This one's from Torrid on YouTube. Shout out to him. He's such a great listener. Locked on every day. Here's the question, Johnny, uh, for Fan Mail Friday. Uh, 2002, according to Torrid, kind of snuck up on us from 2001. Mm. I I think I would agree. What would you say are the odds that 2024 could sneak up on us? I like where you're going here, Torrid. Incidentally, he's been a fan since 1979. So 23 years have passed since the first championship in 2002. 2025 would be another 23 years, John. <laughs> I like what you're thinking here, Torrid. Torrid is the crux of the angel's success every 23 <laughs> years. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Mike, let's compare some of the numbers here. I dug yeah. in. So just before we get into that conversation of will it sneak up on us, 2001 versus 2002. Uh, in regards to the pitching, in 2001, the angels were fifth in the AL in terms of earned runs. So not bad. But in 2002, they were second in the AL in terms of earned runs. Now, this is a newer stat, of course, ERA plus 100 is league average, and anything above that is a certain percentage more. So in 2001, the ERA plus for the whole pitching staff from the bullpen to the starters to the closers, 107, which means Mm. they were 7% better than league average in 2001. Then in 2002, their ERA plus went to 120. That made them 20% better than league average. And get this, I was actually kind of surprised by this and how much of a a change there was. Hitting-wise, 2001 had three regular starters with an OPS of 100 or more, and they each had a minimum of like 200 plate appearances. Sean Wooten, Benji Gill, Garrett Anderson, and Troy Gloss had the most at 133. Wooten at 107, Benji Gill at 109. Garrett Anderson at 104. Actually, four regulars, not three. 
And then in 2002, there were seven regulars with an OPS plus of 100 with at least 200 plate appearances. Brad Fulmer, 133. Hmm. Adam Kennedy, 110. Tim Salmon, also 133. Wow. Did you see that he's not part of that 2001? He was at like 98 for the yeah. season, Tim Salmon. Yeah. Spezio had 115. Troy Gloss was 113. Anderson was 127. Next wow. sneaks in with 101 so hmm. the hitting improved the pitching improved overall from 2001 to 2002 mike is 2024 going to sneak up on us like 2002 what do you think well when it comes to the offense i think that there is a great potential for it to be similar to 2002 because the way that this team hit in 2002 was like that phonetic hitting in fact i showed my youngest daughter riley highlights from game six and game seven just two nights ago what a good dad i know i you know got to raise her up right and and i showed her just how big the stadium was with all of the fans and the thunder sticks and she was excited about that but the thing that i forgot is that this team was just relentless like mm. they would get a hit and a hit and a hit and a hit and even tim mccarver who was calling the game with joe buck said this team is just hard to stop like yeah. once they once they get going, you can't stop them. I think that the way that the Angels hit in 2023, I know that there's some issues, but overall, I think that they had that similar kind of phonetic hitting. The reason why they weren't winning all of those games was because of the pitching, Johnny, yeah. and that yeah. would have to drastically improve. But I am somebody, and I'm going to start advocating for this. I mentioned it earlier this week when Reed had his really great start. I think that Reed Detmers takes a big step in 2024 and mm. leads this starting rotation similar to what Jared Washburn did in 2002 and had 18 wins. I also think that the Kevin Apier, Aaron Seeley of this starting rotation is Tyler Anderson. Mm. And perhaps Tyler Anderson figures out what he did with the Dodgers and puts it together next season. Maybe he was trying to overperform because he signed this contract. Maybe he was too much in his head. Who knows? We get him some good coaching. Maybe he really adjusts. But for this starting rotation and for this bullpen, if 2024 sneaks up on us, they're going to have to drastically improve and they're going to have to figure out how to get two strikes to three strikes and get two outs to three outs. And they're going to have to figure out how to do shut down innings because yes. those were the things that they struggled with mightily in 2023. You know, the runners in scoring position was an issue all season long. But if you look at an example like Tuesday night when the Angels won, man, hit after hit after hit. Yeah. Uh, you know, cohesiveness, connectivity from hit to hit to batter to batter. That's the kind of stuff I think you're talking about when you talk about 2002. Yeah. Uh, War Tanker on YouTube said after 38 of the 40 players from the opening day 40 man got injured in 2023, or to be fair, started on the injured list. Do you think that most that is mostly just bad luck mm. or an actual problem with the team? And will the injuries continue throughout 2024? Mike, it's my opinion that there's definitely a degree of bad luck. And I also think it's an actual problem. And an example of that is Gio Urshela's pelvis fracture. He's already dealing with groin strain. He tries to leg out this hit to first. He falls, pelvis fracture, right? right? And it's just like, pelvis fracture? What the heck? But then you think about <laughs> that, that fracture, and by, you know, the significance of that is that he had the groin strain. He yeah. was, it was, his body was overcompensating. And so I think the fracture was amplified by the strain he was already going through so i think that's a good mm. example of like a combo of bad luck and a problem then again we don't know the extent of 
how much the Angels put into their medical staff. We've already kind of questioned that this week and right. wondered if that was a penny-pinching area. One area that concerns me is Mike Trout's comments earlier this week during his you know, emotional press conference is that he went out and hired people to help him with his back. And I went, well, isn't that a team thing? Isn't mm. that a team solution? Like, I, I get that Mike wants to solve this problem, but it for him to phrase it that way, like, I, I hired somebody, I got people to do that. And it made me go, well, wait a minute. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. why, is, why is Mike funding his his health when it comes to his job like the sure. job should be there for sure it. and maybe maybe it's an above and beyond thing right these guys totally. can focus completely totally. on him and not have to focus on the entire roster I get that and so I, I i i wonder if that's a piece to that and because mike trout is mike trout and he's so sick and tired according to what we saw yeah. earlier this week he's so sick and tired of being hurt obviously he goes out and spends some of the, the cash that the angels are giving him so that he can be back on the field. And mm -hmm. I, I would even say that we'll probably see more of that in the off season. He's mm. probably going to work even harder to make sure that he is healthy and he's available for this team. And to your point, when it comes to some of these injuries being kind of a freak injury, right with Mike Trout again, he said his body was in the best shape that he's had. He felt yeah. good this year. And then the hammock broke like, you can't do anything about that. That's right. just a baseball injury. It's also a golfing injury because you're constantly using your hands. And so that's where we can kind of affirm like uh, kind of a freak injury. This was kind of like a cursed season, so to speak. Absolutely. And I, I think pace of play is a factor as well. There's yeah. faster times between, yeah. you know, for pitchers and hitters, like it's, it's faster on the mound. Um, both hitters and pitchers across the league, not just the Angels, are dealing with the oblique issue, like you mentioned yeah. the other day. Yeah. And and I also think they had guys trying to play through stuff. I know that we rip on Rendon, like, why isn't he trying to play through anything? I think they had guys like Neto yep. and Urshela trying yep. to play through stuff, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of those injuries caught up with the Angels. You know, John, to go back to the previous question about like 2024 20, sneaking up on us, I, I think you just made a really good point, kind of light bulb moment for me because – I, I really think when it comes to the pitchers, man, this whole adjustment that they had with the pitch clock and with defensive shifts, I think that that played a whole lot into some of the struggles that we saw with the Angels, but also maybe with the Mets and with some other teams, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and I wonder if getting a year under their belt will be beneficial so that they now have a whole season. Because the same thing happens with rookies. When rookies come up and play, like Mike Trout, when he first played, it was – you know, 220 batting average and like, is this guy really that good? Yeah, of course he's that good, but he's figuring things out. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's what I love about the end of the season. Even though we're not in it, we have players up there that are figuring some things out. And and maybe that's going to be uh, a good thing. And then you talk about playing through injuries. It, there really hasn't been anything to play for in the last two months. And so right. I think when we've seen more of the injuries pop up, like Tyler Anderson's sore knee and some of that stuff, I think that those guys – would have just played through it if we mm -hmm. were running towards the playoffs. And so yeah. the reason why the IL is astronomically higher, and it feels like maybe more going on the IL recently than not, is perhaps because we just haven't been in competition, right? Yeah. Shohei Otani had one of the slowest paces between pitches last season. And you take that where he's got to get the pitches in between 15 and 20 seconds, and he's playing a whole lot more games because they – didn't go every sixth starter. They went every sixth day. Yeah. I think that amplified his workload as yep. well. And that might be part of what happened and why he had that injury that he suffered. Yeah. Uh, the, the Angels are playing the A's tonight at 638 Pacific time. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on Sirius XM with the SXM app. 
just search angels and coming up on lockdown angels why are the halos taking batting practice every day are they prepared and just how prepared are they to compete in each game we're going to talk about that coming right up friends today's show is brought to you by sleeper you can swing for the fences on sleeper picks and you could win up to 100 times your money all you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and decide if they're going to overperform or underperform in their stat categories and if you get your picks right you could win big and sleeper works quickly too. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. And there are safe and fast withdrawals on all payouts. You can download the sleeper app today. And when you do use our promo code locked on at sign up, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. So fantasy players, let's go download the sleeper app right now. Do it today. Use our promo code locked on. You'll be glad that you did. Thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. The Halos are back at the Big A tonight, 6.38 Pacific time against the A's. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Johnny, we continue with Fan Mail Friday, and this is a double-sided question. So let me read both of them, and then we can respond to the first and then respond to the second. So this Sounds is from good. Roger Lord on YouTube. First, he said, Do you agree the three pillars of a successful season for an MLB club is... CPI, I like that. Coaching, players, injuries. Yes, Artie has agreed. control over C and P, focusing on C, that's coaching. What coaches would you guys replace in the offseason? And in your opinion, what will Artie do? Then the second question is, there has been much hype about our youngsters, but a team should have a mix of veterans and youngsters. Mm -hmm. What veterans would you recommend keeping next season? So, John, why don't we jump back to question number one, CPI from Roger Lord. So focusing on C, the coaches, who would you like to see come in and replace who we have? Yeah, so nothing that Roger said I disagree with. There's guys that I think that you and I, Mike, would actually like to see stay on the team. One of those guys is Phil Plantier, yep. assistant hitting coach. Players have said so many good things about him. And, and a personal friend of ours who's in the Marlins system, he's a pitcher, but he did say that Phil is one of the nicest guys. And hitters, guys who he you know played with, said that Phil completely changed the trajectory of their careers. And so mm. that's a guy I mm -hmm. want around, especially our young guys. Uh, Bill Hezel from, uh, he's the assistant pitching coach, and he's actually the former director of pitching at Driveline yeah. before he was hired by the Angels. Driveline, in case you're unaware, is where many major leaguers go, not just the Angels, but a ton of people go there. Alex Cobb, Shohei Otani, people go up there to work on their hitting. Patrick Sandoval did it. Uh, they they do that over the offseason. And we'll speak to more on him in a second because our next question. But the bottom line is Perry needs the opportunity to pick his manager that he wants to work with. And right. that manager needs to have the ability to put the coaching staff around him, much like Sosha did with Hatcher and 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 everybody and then phil nevin got to do that with marcus tims like yep. marcus and him are friends from the yankees and so they got to do that together and then something that we've yet to see in perry's tenure is his ability to pick the manager of the team he inherited joe madden and then he made phil the one-year manager because Artie was gonna sell they wanted to give a potential new owner the ability to select a new manager after or maybe even during 2023 and the sale mm -hmm. didn't happen so phil ended up being the guy 
all year long. Now, in terms of veterans to keep, Mike, who would you suggest to answer uh, Roger's question? Obviously, Mike Moustakis is somebody that you have to consider because he's had a great influence on the young guys. Yeah. L- looking at his numbers, I-, I-, I would say that he is probably not going to win Angel fans over if he's playing every day, but mm-hmm. I do think that he'll be in the lineup in kind of a rotation with whoever is in the infield. Mm-hmm. And now with you, with somebody like, you know, Sean Owell at first and perhaps Ranjifo plays third or maybe even Michael Stefanik. I'm a fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that maybe somebody like Moustakis could move around a bit and fill in. His left-handed bat is great and he's been very clutch. And so mm-hmm. having him on this team, not in an everyday role, but having him on on this team, in a somewhat kind of filling in the spots role. And then also on the bench being somebody that's firing up those on the bench, I think is necessary. And I think it's needed. I think that his numbers from the previous years outside of this year are an indication that he is getting older. He is slowing down. We did an episode on that. Mm -hmm. And I think what he's done this year has been great. I just wouldn't want to get my hopes up and I'm following your lead. No expectations. (laughs) I wouldn't want to get my hopes up that he is going to be the Moustakis that we saw in some of those key games. However, I think bringing him in would be great. Johnny, I would also, I would also consider Gio Urshela. And, yeah. and if he and if he is healthy, I think it'd be great to bring him back, maybe on a short deal. We didn't get to see what he could do in a full season, but he was certainly a part of the Angels' success at the beginning of the year. Totally. I can remember distinctly mowing my front lawn uh, during a double header and Geo hitting a grand slam, and it caught on my ring camera. Me stopping, listening, and then giving a fist pump. And so uh, because, we got to get that video. Oh, it was great. And, and, and I loved having him on this team. Plus he can play in a couple of different areas and he played a little first base too, and proved mm-hmm. that he is willing to do that. John, the third guy that I would think of, and I would love your thoughts on this is I think Max Stassi should be somebody that we should bring back. And yeah. I, I know he's still under contract. There's right. a lot going on that we're not aware of, but John, him backing up Logan Ohapi, and I get Matt Theis is there, and I kind of maybe brings up what we would do with Theis. But would you like to see Stassi back next year? I, I think he's great with the pitching staff. I think he proved that last year. He wasn't a, a great offensive catcher last year. Yeah. And also, he had a lot of people running on him as well. He's been better at that in the past. But I think he calls a good game, and I think he's a big reason why the Angels starters had success last season. Hey, Garrick's Apprentice on YouTube said, what are both your guys' thoughts on Bill Hazel and whether he deserves any blame for pitching this year? I know Matt Weiss has been dragged through the mud all year, and perhaps deservingly so, but nothing has been made about the analytic-driven coach in his Mm. first year, championed by Patrick Sandoval. I feel he deserves at least some of the blame for how Sandy stagnated, and I don't see, uh, and and didn't seem to fix anything this year. Regarding Bill Hazel, Mike, he's one of the guys that is kind of behind the scenes, putting together workout plans and right. regiments and off-season stuff, and then he's putting together pitching strategies. And there was an article from The Athletic in which Patrick Sandoval said he worked with Hezel at Driveline and felt like there was a lot of similarities between working with Hezel and Patrick in the Astros system because that's where he came from. And he mm-hmm. said that they had a lot of info that translated well from, from info to the players, and so he felt like Hezel being part of the organization was a really good thing. Now, perhaps Hezel is more of the strategy guy and Wise is the guy that has to communicate the strategy, remind players what the pl- plan is. for. <laughs> He's the- not doing that. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what? Maybe, honestly, like maybe there is some blame on Bill Hezel, but it sure. is his first year. And also him not being the pitching coach might be yeah. part of it as well. And again, yeah. pick a manager and pick a staff that can work well together. And maybe they get a pitching coach or even move Hezel up to 
the head pitching coach. I don't sure. know, but, but two guys who need to work together, I think is going to be the best course in 2024. You know, when you think about Sandoval and it was mentioned in that question, uh, the, the thing, this is not to excuse the season he had, but Sandoval uh, had the most unearned runs behind him this year, yeah. 23 and the angels had 91 total. So there, that means there were a lot of mistakes made behind him. So as much as we would say, man, homie got to get it together and look at the stats and did he regress and those types of things. I mean, 23 unearned runs are going to affect you in a really negative way. And so uh, it, that's hard to blame Sandy and that's hard to blame Bill Hezel. And that's even hard to blame Matt wise in that situation. It goes into the next question. Ethan on Twitter said, uh, maybe, uh, he said, I wonder if you could look into this idea. Uh, I was listening to baseball is dead and Dallas Braden complimented the whole AL West on their preparation in the infield before games, except the angels. He didn't necessarily <laughs> put them down. He did say they hit the cages or did BP, but nothing to say good or bad. Assuming he didn't want to trash talk about their prep in the infield before games. I think that's a fireable offense for Phil Nevin. Mm. The defense has struggled like Moose and Rendon leads the angels in airs and Renhifo has a solid bat, but he yeah. struggles offensively young guys, Neto and Shawnoel. How are you not practicing when you have teams like the Astros doing it? Sorry for the long one, but this really bothered me, Mike. Yeah. We brought this up last year when the angels were struggling with hitting and Joe Madden went on the record to say that the guys weren't taking batting practice every day. I kind of wonder if this is a holdover from when Joe was here, but again, defensively, we 23 earned runs. That's because of the defense, right? Yeah, yeah, 23 unearned runs. And we know that Benji Gill met with the infielders and had a couple of like pep talks because that was reported on. But with with all of these, with all of these little, you know, bugaboos, Johnny, it just seems like that seems to be the easiest thing to clean up. If right. you're not hitting with runners in scoring position, why are you not out there? getting BP. And then also if you're having a lot of errors, why are you not out there just taking ground balls? That seems to be a simple solution. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's the fundamentals. And, and just like our, our nephew said to you recently, like this team has forgotten how to be boring and fundamental. And yeah. that's the issue <laughs> with this team. Right. And so maybe it would be helpful if the angels didn't bring back Phil and got somebody like Darren Erstad, who we've, we've been talking about to right. be the manager, but there, it seems like they need a new voice. It seems like they need a new direction. And it seems like they need somebody who you're a little bit afraid of. Locked on every day or Cope said to me not too long ago that he respected the, the uh, coaches and managers that he played for in high school and in college. But he said, honestly, I was a little afraid of them. And I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if they're not really afraid of Phil Nevin. Right. It makes sense. And again, I think there's plenty of people on the outside looking in at this organization and going, man, I wish I could like sink my teeth into that team yeah, yeah. because I think I could unlock something. And right, exactly. And I think honestly, I hope that there's an opportunity for some new voices to come in in the off season. Locked on Angels is brought to you by DoorDash. With DoorDash grocery delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last minute cravings conveniently and with DoorDash you'll get exactly what you ordered or they are going to make it right so you can sit back and relax and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them up yourself and if you want more value you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a zero dollar delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership with easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer support DoorDash delivers groceries exactly the way that you want it. Right now, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value 
when you use our promo code locked on MLB at checkout. There's a limited supply, limited uh, terms. So get on it right now. That's 50% off using our promo code locked on MLB when you make your first order with DoorDash today. Mike, we've got a great question from Charlie Hess on YouTube. He said, as much as I want Otani to stay, it would be best for the club if they moved on. Freeze up the DH for resting players off the field or for other uses. Plus, we can go back to a five-man rotation, then use Otani money to go after two starting pitchers along with the pitchers we already have. What are your thoughts on moving Otani? So, kind of broke this question down into three parts. Let's talk about the DH spot, Mike. It does free free up the DH spot. And it's been interesting to watch how the Angels have been using it since Otani has been done for the season. I mean, we've seen them take advantage uh, of it with like Ohapi and Walsh and Mustakis. So Ohapi's bat is still in there, but he doesn't necessarily have to catch. Yeah. Um, I think that honestly, if if they had Trout and Rendon getting it more, especially with the issues they've had, I think that would be to their benefit. Now, DHing is not going to keep you from fracturing your tibia or your Hamate bone, right? Um, but it will prevent back issues yeah. and hip issues and wrist issues from throwing, things like that. I think yeah. they'll really benefit from the DH spot. What about the idea of a five-man rotation? I mean, the Angels could go back to that, but there are some teams that have actually moved to a six-man rotation. Astros, Padres, just to name two of them. The Angels have... Uh, the option right now to fill a six-man rotation if they wanted to. They got Detmers, Sandoval, Silseth, Anderson, Canning, and maybe a potential free agent that could come in. And mm-hmm. if they didn't want to do that, maybe Sam Bachman moves into mm-hmm. the rotation as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, there, there's a lot, right? And, a lot. And, and I think that they have that option. Uh, maybe they'll do the five-man rotation next year if Otani does not re-sign, and then a six-starter on days when they need one, like they did with Otani this year. It'll be interesting to see what they do there if, again, Otani Tani does not come back now potentially spending his contract on other players. I mean, they would have the ability to sign more needed players of the money uh, rather than Otani. If he doesn't come back Two starting pitchers, I think would be the most ideal. That might be a little bit hard to swing a pitcher and a bat to match Otani's production might be another way to go. So they had, they do have some options there. Now here's my thoughts on a future without Otani as much as I'd like to see him back. And I would like to see him back. Mm-hmm. I am just kind of curious about a potential fresh start for the Halos. And not that not that Otani had anything to do with them. Like, he wasn't holding them back, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, more along the lines of just let these guys go out and play without the idea of, like, oh, the Angels got to get Otani and Trout to the playoffs. And the Angels already blew that. They already mm-hmm. blew that idea. There's, Trout and Otani to the playoffs is not something that's going to happen with the Angels. Mm-hmm. And so maybe... They can move forward and be pleasantly surprised with the young players they have and and not try to make this playoff push. And I think I think the Angels have the chance to stop being something that they're not, which is what they think they've been, a perennial playoff team the last decade. And, yeah. and again, you and me, this this offseason, our mantra, no expectations on this. I'm one. not worried about it. <laughs> Serenity hey, now. Serenity right? now. Mike, Johnny, Jacob, when I, when, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, when, when I think about Otani, uh, if he does resign, And I'm with you. I would love to have him back. I think that they have to have a really strong manager that can help navigate him being in this clubhouse because uh, Mad Dog Russo, again, not a fan, but there's one of the things that he did say when he talked about Shohei Otani is that Otani has a A A-Rod kind of vibe about him, not character-wise and not cheating and those types of things. But A-Rod was such a star 
that he mm. kind of was in his own little world. And with Shohei, he is kind of in his own little world. Now, he is a great clubhouse guy. We've heard all the, the relationships. I don't think it's his fault. But I think that they need a Phil Jackson-like manager so that when Michael Jordan is in your clubhouse, you're able to manage him well, and you can get Michael Jordan to play with Dennis Rodman. And I think <laughs> in the same instance, you need to figure out how you can have this once-in-a-lifetime superstar play with somebody like a Nolan Shonowell or a Zach Neto or a Logan Ohapi, and it doesn't mess with the culture. It actually benefits the culture. Definitely. Hey, Jacob Kirkup was wondering about uh, if Otani transitions to a closer role in his career, could mm. they do that? Would the league's rule of, uh, of the Otani rule still apply? Here's some things you need to consider if Otani is a closer. Shohei, I think, is going to come back and try to be a starter for sure. If in the later years he's thinking that closing is an option, I think that he could do it and he would do it well. But here's some things to consider. They they will definitely, if there's a rule that needs to be changed, I'm sure they'll let him do it. But you got to factor in a couple of things. Is he going to have enough time to warm up? Yeah. Is he going to be hitting or is he going to be on base in the inning before he <laughs> needs to close? Uh, teams are going to need to pinch hit or pinch run for him yeah. so that he has time to go to the pen and warm up. And will the game make him too tired? To close yeah. because I think starting a game pitching and hitting is different than it's a different kind of tiredness by the end of okay I'm done I'm through seven I'm done pitching now he's been hitting and running the bases all day and then he has to go and close yeah I I uh, I think that is going to be those are just things that you got to consider sure. if if Otani is going to be a closer in the future. Everything came together in the WBC for him for sure. to come out and close and Mike Trout at the plate. And that's because there is a God and he's real. And that's how it worked out, right? <laughs> there are baseball gods that made that work. And so, yeah, it would really have to work out to all of the benefits and it would have to be just perfect timing for everything, right? Mike, we ran a little poll on Brandon Drury. And so this is kind of a fan mail Friday question, but we asked what the Angels should consider doing with Drury, and we had over a 1,000 votes. It was really awesome. great. In third place, trading him because his value is at its highest right now was the third choice. The second choice in second place was extend him, give him a reward for his strong 2023. This one confused me. First, The first place vote was keep him for just next year because he's got one year remaining. Hmm on his deal. Here's some, here's what some of our everydayers said. Wes Choate said, I like all three options. Depends on the franchise's direction. Uh, Ethan on Twitter said, as an expiring uh, rental, his value should increase the closer you get to the deadline. He's going to be the headliner of the second wave for people who missed out on the huge names. And I responded, one thing to consider is that you want him to hold his value until yeah. next year's deadline. Yeah. So you'll probably need to count on that and that he'll have a strong first half. To which Ethan replied, that's a great point. If you look at his numbers, he's traditionally a slow starter. They should probably call around this offseason and see what's out there. If he can find something good, take it. And then Paul Meyer said, if this season proves anything, we need cheap, productive depth. If the Angels decide to go for it in 2024, he'll essentially be earning $8.5 playing the infield and putting up near uh, a two-war with like a 110 OPS+. plus. Mike, I'm a little surprised that keep for next year was the most popular choice. Can you explain that to me? Am I missing something here? Uh, you know, I, I think people just they want to see quality players, and I think they want yeah. to see major league players at, at at each of the positions, and that's what Perry was trying to do this year. And so, and, and I think Brandon Drury is easily likable, and I think that that's totally. honestly why a lot of a lot of fans are probably saying, "Hey, let's just keep him. Let's have him around." I, and I want to you know? see him. I yeah. want to see him next year. But yeah. I mean, in that sense, it would be like, okay, well then, wouldn't you want to? extend him 
or sure. maybe sure. people are just thinking, hey, you know what? He'll he'll give us a decent season next year, and then we can be done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I was a little confused. I, I felt like I was missing something. So yeah, okay, maybe I'm not. Maybe let's I'm see what he afraid. can do with these young guys, right? Like, yeah. I think that's really what the the philosophy is behind that. Totally. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, the Angels do play the A's last weekend of the year, and they're starting tonight at six thirty eight. And you can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Locked on Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, it's the last series against the A's. I'm going on Sunday, by the way. So, Yay. Uh, also, why are all the games starting at noon on Sunday? Did you notice that or was that a glitch? Because I don't know. the I Angels are playing that. at noon oh. on Sunday. So maybe they just want everybody to end at the same time. But what do we have on deck for Monday's show? Well, we're going to share all the details from the last weekend and we'll share some final thoughts. It's going to be a good weekend and I think there's going to be a lot to celebrate. So let's go Angels. Let's do it. All right, friends. You have a great weekend. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike. And that's my brother, John. And if you see me at the ballpark on Sunday, don't be afraid to say hello. I'd love to meet you. All right. Thanks for being here, friends. And we'll see you back here on Monday.